Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Paulson University Podcast, the podcast for dog people. If it's your first time listening, I'm John, a former animal cruelty officer and a former animal shelter supervisor. And I'm Jamie, a certified dog trainer and a canine behavioral consultant. On this episode, we're discussing all things barking, why they do it, and how to stop it. So this is another one of those episodes that is long overdue. Yes. This is not an episode that should be split up into an episode that has other topics. No, definitely not. This is There's a lot to cover. And basically, it's going to be all about excessive barking mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're going to have a better understanding of your dog's barking and why they do it in general. But we're definitely going to tackle excessive barking mm-hmm. and what you can do at home to start working on it and to stop reinforcing it. I know you didn't want to just. I didn't want to just jump into it, but here we are. Um, so, how are you? I'm good. This this week is a little weird for me. A little little off. It's a really uh, really busy week for us. That's it is. Why. There's a um, lot going on as far as work. Yes, um, like I've said on previous podcasts, everyone adopted a dog during COVID, so I am basically booked solid. It's a struggle for me physically, emotionally, mentally, just because. This is the time with our son being so young that I wanted to be home, but, you know, COVID had other plans. So, you know, during this time, John and I were really going to be working from home and focusing on the podcast and making uh, content. But now I'm, I don't want to say forced because I'm not forced, but no. um, the way that the situation worked out is that I'm I'm kind of in a in a bind where I need to work pretty consistently all throughout the week um, where I would like to be taking a little bit more time yeah, for family stuff, but that's okay because I'm blessed to have a job and be doing what I'm doing and helping people. And my parents are moving this week, finally. So They've been saying that since what, you were in high school? Uh, 12 years probably. Since, <laughs> that they wanted to downgrade and move. So yeah, so we're moving them this week. So that's also a big chunk of time. We yes. have some interviews for Possum Walks, our dog walking business. We need to get more staff and that's been very, very slow. So that's yes. been a big issue. So you've been having to do, we've been having to do extra trainings and, mm-hmm. and trying to make up lost money. So yeah, it's been really busy. And then Thursday, Thursday morning, we're going to be on the Elvis Duran morning show I'm with, so our, excited. with our friend Elvis. Yes. And we're going to, I think, I don't exactly know what the itinerary is. If we're going to answer questions from listeners or well, if we're just going to discuss, discuss some topics related to what's going on as far as COVID and separation anxiety. I think we'll mostly be talking about anxiety with COVID and how to work from home with your dogs and, and um, little behaviors that people are picking up now with the situation. But I'm assuming that we'll get some random questions as well, because I know Froggy has dogs and, and stuff. So I think he's going to be like, Hey, wait a minute, <laughs> answer my questions. Danielle's got a, a bearded dragon. Yeah. I know nothing about no. bearded dragon. I know nothing about bearded dragons, so I'm not going to be able to help Fake you there. Fake it till you make it. I don't know if you want to do some research before we go yeah. on the show. So if you actually want to listen to that, that'll be Thursday about 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can yeah, listen what's the actual on date of that? Thursday the, I don't know how Today, many days are. Um, it is October 1st. Wow. You can listen to us on the iHeartRadio app, and you can also listen, if you're not going to listen live, on replay. iHeartRadio app or really anywhere you listen to podcasts, the Elvis Duran replay, replay channel, channel, which is or not, not Elvis, Elvis Duran on demand channel. Yes. Which is how we listen because we ain't getting up at six. No, not with a baby. We <laughs> get all the sleep we can. Yes. So you can listen on on demand channel for October 1st episode and listen to the whole thing because it's a, it's the best morning show 
Oh, it's amazing. Anywhere. John and I have been listening to the Elvis Duran Morning Show literally since we were both, what, in elementary school? Yeah, it's a cultural thing where we are because yeah. he, they've been on in, in the New York area forever. Mm -hmm. So it's really... I don't remember a morning that my mom was driving me to school that I wasn't listening to them. Right. So you just kind of grew up with it. It's mm -hmm. just... It's... You can't get more New York than the morning show. <laughs> yes, you know what I, I mean? Agree. All right. So... I said I didn't want to just jump right into it, and we didn't. I feel better about that now. Good. Back to the topic at hand that everybody actually wants to hear, <laughs> instead of us rambling. Barking. Excessive barking. Let's go over the six types of barking first. Yes, there's six primary types. So people can know what we're going to go over, and then we're going to go into each specific one and give examples and how... Because there's not one way to fix all six of these. Like There's different types of ways and different... It's almost like little bullet points underneath each one. Um, there's different types of specific barking that we're going to go over. And I can help kind of give different situations that you might be in and how you would fix it with your dog in your situation. Do you want me to start yeah, chipping ahead. away at that list there? So, Absolutely. So in no specific order, there's excited alert barking, which is, as you like to say, a play bow bark. Yeah, it's more in a playful manner. If you've seen your dog... Playing with a ball and the ball goes under the couch. They can't get to it. They start barking at the ball. That's excited alert barking. Yes, which sometimes gets misconstrued for demand barking, but that's not the case. Right. We Then we have fearful alert barking, which is Pudge's MO. She's the yes. queen of fearful well, alert she, barking. She does quite a few of these. I know. She's, <laughs> she does. We have a little one. She's a chihuahua mix, so she's very she's vocal. She's and oh my god, <laughs> you're so bad. Yeah, so she does quite a few of these. So fearful alert barking is if somebody, a, a strange person, doesn't even need to be a strange person. If somebody enters the house and your dog is then barking at them or rapidly barking, or they hear a car door slam outside, they're car, they're barking because it's it's fear based. They're scared. They're scared and they want to scare off whatever's there or alert whoever. Yes, us. They, Ma alert ma mainly us. you because Pudge is sexist and doesn't believe that I can do anything on my own if you're not home. Like I said, she's a <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> demand barking is the next one, which is pushy, needy, dominant. If if you're ignoring your dog, they want a treat, you're taking too long to do something, mm -hmm. and they start barking at you like, let's go, let's go. Yes. I'd be or demand barking. like looking at the treat saying, give me that now, even though you had no, yes. no thought in or your head. Or when to... you're eating, you're minding your own business. Eating yes. at the table, if your dog comes up to you, barks, that would be a demand mark. Absolutely. They're demanding you do something now yes you have territorial barking which you like to say stay off my lawn yeah it's like the old man that's that's ex that's exactly what it is yeah and i'm sure if you haven't seen it in your dog you've seen it in somebody's dog absolutely boredom barking um which is usually if they're trying to fill their time and yeah. entertain themselves and yeah. it's when they have a lack or of there's something else going on that you're unaware of in there and i'm going to go through um like a series of checklists to kind of make sure that nothing's wrong with your mm -hmm. dog when this is something that you're assuming. Right. You need to rule out some other things. Yes. Learned barking. Again. Pudge. Pudge. Uh, but this this goes back to how we function with our dogs and what we set out as normal behavior. And then they pick up on it and they realize what works for them. So right. they, this is a big one as well. We're basically being manipulated. They know that they can get a certain result out of barking. So they've learned that when I bark, this happens. Oh, yeah. And then they, they bark train to us. make that happen. They train us. And there's certain learned barking that's good. Barking at the back door, I have to go to the bathroom. Yes. That's a good learned barking. Exactly. There's, there's so many different entities barking. to all of these, all six of these. So that's why we're going to go into them because it's not a one size fit all type of situation. Right. So let's dig right into this. Excited alert barking. 
So this one I find is the one that's probably like the least concerning depending on how old your dog is. If they're older and they haven't stopped, then yes, I'd probably be like, okay, enough now. Mm -hmm. But if they're a puppy and they're they're this is kind of um, they learn around like four and a half months ish. Every dog's different, but I'm just going to give a ballpark. Um, they kind of find their voice. Some dogs never do, which is great. Don't be concerned. Um, they, they definitely find their voice around this time. If they're with another dog or other dogs that they play with and they, those dogs bark, they may more, maybe more likely to bark earlier on. Right. Um, but if you've ever had like a puppy and they're like trying to play with you and they're like doing the play bow and like the zoomies and they're running all over the place and they look like little drunk babies, uh, they will usually, if there's a toy involved or you take the toy and they want you to throw it, they'll, they'll like play bow, you know, spread the legs out and bark. Yes, like, come on, let's go. Let's do it. A normal behavior. Yes, this is normal. Um, some dogs do it more than others. Some dogs are louder than others. Some dogs do it a little bit. It sounds more aggressive maybe. Um, and that's something that maybe you want to nip in the bud for, for your specific family. If, if you're into more of a mature age and it's still, you know, it's still happening, then yes. yeah, it might be time to start. I will also say in, in the earlier on, like if it's just starting and, and you find that it's maybe, I don't like to use the word aggressive, but John knows what I'm saying when I say this, like it's a little bit more in your face than you would like for a puppy. Like dominant. Yeah, like where it's a little, it sounds a little bit more aggressive mm -hmm. and it's a little bit more in your face and you're kind of worried that maybe it's going to go down a wrong path. Then by by all means, try and use a positive reinforcement route to kind of subdue it a little bit. Again, I don't find that this playful barking is a problem. Yeah, but it's very it's seldom much, that it advances into older years. Yes, again, every dog learns and, and develops differently. So you would just want to make sure that whatever your puppy is doing that it kind of fits okay into your mold. We obviously we don't want the puppy to be scaring any children or anything like that. So like if that's what's going on, then we need to find a different way to get your dog to understand maybe cool it a little bit. Right. So with the exception of excited alert barking, the rest of these reasons for barking, types mm -hmm. of barking, they're not the problem. They're yeah. the symptom to the problem. Yes. So what that means is this is why aversive training, like shaking a metal can full of coins. Yeah. You know, we've seen that so many times mm -hmm. and it's so widely told to people that, oh, your dog's barking, shake a can of uh, coins at them. Yes. It's a terrible solution. It's not it, a solution. It's not a solution. What it's going to do is scare the crap out of your dog. If your dog is even the type of dog that will be scared by that, all you're doing is you're using fear for them to not want to bark anymore. So they're not going to bark because they're afraid of that noise that's going to come after it. They still, the urge they to bark is still to. there. Yeah. But they're not going to because they're afraid. And that's when we get into the territory of, like I say, taking the tick away from a ticking time bomb. Mm -hmm. Now you're discouraging a form of communication, which is barking. Yes. And now they need to jump right over that, right over A and go right to B. Your dog will still want to bark, but will be too afraid to. So we need to get your dog to the point of not wanting to bark. And how do we do that? We need to acknowledge that barking is a symptom mm -hmm. and fixing the actual problem. I say this all the time to my clients. Like, they're like, well, why is my dog barking? I'm like, listen, you want to fix the barking? The barking is not your problem. You have 17 other issues going on in your home that need to be fixed. And the barking will go away when you fix those. Right. So we'll move on to those types of barking that are actually a symptom of a problem. Yes. And that starts with fearful alert barking. Which is the one that people need to be the most delicate with. Because this is, and I, I urge you to put yourself in your dog's shoes when you are training, when you're thinking about this, trying to be logical in your brain of how this is working. 
know that dogs do not learn or see the world that we do, how we do. So when you're trying to rationalize it, know that there isn't a specific way that you can break this down in your brain to make it be okay. Or, you know, you're trying to get yourself to understand why your dog is doing this. You need to put yourself in their shoes, not your own shoes and how you would think about it from your human perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, So the fearful alert barking. So let's use Pudge as an example here. So Pudge is tiny. She's about 10 pounds. She is from a hoarding case. So she has hoarding, um, unsocialized dog DNA in her. Genetically predisposed to bark. And we have met her family members, her relatives. And I'm going to use a phrase, crazy, because they were not socialized. There was 300 dogs in one house, two people that lived there. And I don't even think they lived in the actual house. So it was just 300 dogs running around a three-bedroom for years. For years and years yeah. and years, not being outside, not seeing sunlight, not being touched ever. So just put yourself, and when I say yourself, I mean me, I have to put myself in Pudge's shoes. That when when her DNA is, is being triggered in these moments, she literally can't help it. So we need to help her. So when she was little, she immediately found her bark. I think she started barking like the oh third gosh, week. She started growling at two weeks old. Yes, she does growl. And I always say to her that she needs to be studied by scientists because her verbal cues are not normal dog cues. They are, they are not specific. If I don't, I would not train her the way I train other dogs when they growl and bark and this and that. She is very specific with the way that she communicates. She was raised by humans. Yes, she was. So she, she we conditioned her to think, that her growling was cute. Yes. And she, when she does it, a lot of times we'll have new people. And that was come an accident, over. by the way. Yeah. It was. It was. It absolutely was. Um, because back then it, it, it didn't, it wasn't aggressive and it, and it still really isn't. Um, when she plays and stuff, she will growl and, and she'll actually, like, you can use your hand in terms of like a, a toy and she'll actually put your hand and your fingers in her mouth and she's growling. And sort of thrashing your fingers, but she's, she's not biting so down. So gentle about it. It's cute. You don't get her. And she's having the time of her life. And she understands that she's playing, but it sounds so vicious. It sounds awful. We oh, should, God. Uh, maybe I'll get along. You should upload it. You know it. what? I'm going to I'm gonna put in right here a little sound clip of her losing her mind. Do it. Yeah, absolutely. Right, I'm going to do it. You ready? Yeah. Isn't that adorable? There she is, ladies and gentlemen. The queen. Awful. The queen herself. That's our girl. So, so she is super vocal. She is she is not the norm in terms of how dogs vocalize and um, play or, you know, talk in general, uh, communicate. So um, she is a little bit different in this case. But she, when, when she hears a car door or she knows someone's coming in and even like John said before, even people that she knows, my mother, his mother, or both our dads, anybody, our friends that are here all the time, she has to bark. She cannot stop. It's almost like an OCD behavior where she, you can just see her eyes bulge out. Mm -hmm. She gets scared. She gets scared until she realizes who it is, and then it turns to excitement. Her body language softens almost immediately. So this is what I was saying before. Like, there's not just one bark for every dog, and there may be combos here. So she gets herself all worked up before she can see the issue. So if John and I had maybe a storm door 
that she can see the front of the house because the way that our house is set up, we usually have the blinds closed. If she had a storm door where she could look out and we could positively treat her every single time she saw somebody walk by, um, I'm assuming it would get a, a, a ton better. But because she can't see anything and she'll hear a car door and then nothing happens, it's like she's in this low level of fear for the next couple minutes. Uh, so she'll bar carry on and then nothing happens. So she thinks that she wins the battle, um, which we call mailman syndrome, which we, we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it all, it all comes from that. They, they, even uh, territorial barking, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, fearful and territorial go hand in hand. So again, there could be combos here. So what we want to work on with Pudge is she's being a little territorial because I, I find that she does not do this unless we are in our house, my mom's house, or his mom's house, or Nicole's house because we spend right. a lot of time there. Anywhere we spend a lot of time, she will bark and she will carry on to keep everybody away. But we took her to Home Depot once. She didn't make a peep. Nobody a even peep. knew she was there. Yep. Because she knew she was outnumbered. She was like, oh, crap, I better keep quiet because I'll, I'll get myself hurt. So for these fearful alert barking dogs, it's so important that you don't reprimand them in yes, any way. Because absolutely. what's going to happen is if you were to reprimand that this type of dog, you're only going to develop an even more negative association to whatever that stimuli is. So if that's strangers coming in the house or even people they know coming in the house, they're going to further associate somebody entering the home with a negative experience. I'm getting yelled at every single time this this car door closes outside or this person comes in. Every single time right. they're here, I get yelled at. This is a negative thing. They have no idea that they're that you are upset because they're barking. Mm-hmm. Their logic it 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 doesn't go that far. What they what they what they know is what they feel and what they see. That's it. So when you're thinking about well, why does my dog do this? Think about the situation. Put yourself in that dog's shoes. What do they feel? What do they see? Right. That's so it. Let's say you spank your dog's butt every time they respond to a car door slamming outside. That original response was a fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. The door slammed, and then usually that that might mean that somebody's coming inside the house. Mm-hmm. So I'm afraid of because I'm afraid of what I don't know. Mm-hmm. When you start to bring in discipline and start to reprimand them. It becomes the car door slams. I'm about to get hit. Mm-hmm. I'm about to get screamed at. I di- I must have done something wrong. So that's how we're reinforcing these negative behaviors. So if you are experiencing this issue, you need to cut any kind of aversive response on your end mm-hmm. out of the equation altogether. Because it's not working. What do we say? The, uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same exact thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Boom. There that's it is. It. So what can we do here? So what I would do, and this is hard because this takes dedication and consistency and you need to be ready. You need to set your house up for success so you can really help out your dog because things like dark um, door closings outside, like car doors, you can't, you don't know when that's going to happen. So you need to be ready. So I always tell my clients, if that's an issue, like for Pudge, what I would do is put Tupperware in the front, how our, how our front of our house is, is, is we have an open concept kitchen into our living room where the TV is. So I would keep little tiny Tupperwares wherever I possibly could be in that room with her. So I I would go to her most visited spots. So like that little nook on the couch that she likes, her little bed that's next to the TV or in the kitchen by the side door where most of our friends and family come through. So we're ready at those pinpoints in our little house map of where these issues would happen. 
Right. You always want to be in a position to positively reinforce mm -hmm. what's going on. Yes. And if and you don't have treats, that ain't happening. You can, no, you need you treats. You can try praise. You can try pets, but you need It frustrates treats. me to no end when my clients say, well, I don't want her to be dependent on treats. Get that out of your head. It's It has nothing to do with that. The Not idea when it comes is, to fear. Yeah, exactly. When Pudge is scared, she will still eat. Thank God. Some dogs don't eat. She will still eat. And when she's eating, she's not barking. So we're getting her out of the rhythm and the, the repetition of barking every single time these people come to the house. If for two weeks straight, I, I made sure that three to four times a day, people were coming into my house and I knew when it was going to happen and I treated her nonstop until she was able to calm herself down and she never got a bark out, that neck, after the two weeks is done, she'd be less likely to go to bark. She's going to be less likely to do it because she's out of her rhythm of doing so. Not to mention, she's getting yummy treats the entire time this person is coming in. She's like, oh, wow, this isn't a scary situation. Every single time someone comes into my house, I get praise, I get love, I get food. Mm -hmm. So that tells your brain that this is not a negative situation. Over time, the body relaxes more. Right. This could take weeks to months, depending on how reinforced it is. Yeah, if you're not consistent and you're not dedicated to it and you just get frustrated by it, it's never going to happen. Not, not ever, not once. So this one I'm dealing with with a client. She actually called me um, the other day. It kind of it broke my heart because she's trying so hard. She's got three small dogs and... Um, anybody that knows what a small dog is like, it's, it's the Napoleon complex. So they are way more vocal, I find than bigger dogs. Right. At and that's the that's, ones, the ones that know, like Pudge, she knows she ain't defending herself. No. And that's the thing. She has to be more vocal to keep herself safe, at least in her own mind. That's how she's, she's deeming it. So she's, so this client has three rescues. Um, one is much more socialized than the other, uh, to, one of the last one to join the crew was from a hoarding case as well. So she's still not socialized in terms of touching, but she can, she is way better with this specific client. The husband is not on board. And then her daughter who doesn't normally live with them is with them because of COVID. And she has no tolerance for dogs, doesn't even like dogs. So this is like one of those situations where she is struggling so hard because the two people that she needs to help her with this are not on board and are not being consistent with the training. So she actually called me in tears basically saying that once her daughter goes back to the city and her husband can dedicate being consistent with the program, she's going to call me back when when that time comes. But for right now, she she feels like she's wasting my time. Right. And it's not fair to her dogs to be putting them through the ringer. And she's going to waste her money as well. Exactly. And, and I'm not, not here to do not, that. If it's not, not we do. I would have told her the next time I came, if I saw no change in the last two weeks that, that we were going to hold off until they were ready to really do this. Yeah. And it just makes me sad because this is what these dogs need. But people in the house are not on board and don't want to do it either. Uh, a lot of people have a very specific way of thinking about dogs, even when they don't understand dogs. They just know traditionally this is how things used to be done. So it should just right. continue that way. That's what's interesting about dogs is people are so confident knowing that they don't understand. I've never understood it. I, do, I don't understand because dogs are extremely complex. Mm -hmm. And there's like we're saying right now, there's six different types of barking. But even, even in those six different types, right. there's different types in those types. Right. It, so exactly. He had said to me, well, why can't I just say quiet and then stop? 
And I was like, you don't but have enough time in this, yeah, we in don't this have training time. for me to go through all the reasons that's, why that won't work. That's people with the mindset that barking is the problem. Exactly. And barking I said to her. Barking is a symptom. So many times I said, listen, barking is not the issue here. Your dogs are fearful. They are triggered when your husband comes up from the, the basement without announcing himself. They get triggered when people come through the garage and it's not you. They get triggered when... Now, they also have a different type of not just the fearful barking, but the learned barking and the demand barking. So she's the one I was telling you about that would cut up apple. And the entire time she's cutting up the apple for them, they are barking their heads off. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, barking is not the issue. It's a symptom of a problem that you need to fix. There is bigger roots here that need to be dug up. It also seems like barking is like dominoes. Like if they have one type of barking and that works for them, mm-hmm. then it, it starts to bleed over into other types of barking, which is yes. why we see mm-hmm. dogs with like four different types of barking. Well, that's like how you said earlier, how um, other than the excited alert barking, I don't know one dog that has any of the following five that doesn't have an additional one. Right. Because like you just said, it's a domino effect. It just, they just, if it works, they learn. They apply it to works. other situations. 100%. Um, so let's so, get back on track. <laughs> yes. I wanted to say for fearful alert yes. barking, when you, when you do these exercises and you had said to have treats ready around the house, yes. have them always be in a position to positively reinforce, you can go out and manually create these situations. Oh yes. You, you make can, them in your schedule. That's yes. the point. I tell my clients all the time. If you're going to train, you're not sitting there waiting for somebody to close their car door. Right. You're going to tell your husband, your friend, your neighbor, can you go close your, your door like yeah. go, every go slam single door. five minutes? Like go slam it over and over and over yes. again. Go knock on my door. Go ring go my doorbell. Go ring the doorbell right. over and over and over again Create until this dog these situations. doesn't even notice that it's that it's even happening anymore. Um, going along with that, I want to mention with the fearful alert barking is that when you are practicing this, People always don't know what they should be saying or doing physically. Um, you should be talking to your dog the entire time they are scared. So the second that Pudge hears that car door slam, I'm going to say, good girl, Pudgeline. Good girl. Mm-hmm. You're, we're look not coddling. Mommy. Look, we're not. Exactly. We are not coddling. We're giving confidence. So we're not saying, you're okay. Come to mommy. We're not doing that. We're not picking them up, especially if you're a small dog. Small dogs know better than any dog. That if they are picked up and brought away from a situation, there's a reason why we are positively reinforcing that there is something scary. They are learning, okay, if mom's picking me up, up and taking me away, there's something negative here. So you do not physically pick up your dog. You leave the dog where it is. You meet them with the food and you just try to get that food into their mouth and you are acting like the biggest cheerleader, baby talking voice that you got. Mm-hmm. And men do not... Be scared to use it. Oh my God. Harness I, it. Just do it. Good girl, Pajalina. Yes, good girl. <laughs> like just, there's nothing just wrong with it. it. I see it all the time. I know. Um. All right. So like, can we move on to demand barking? Yes, absolutely. So demand barking. Another one of Pajaline's yes. problems. She learned this from my father. We, before we bought our house, we went back and forth to both of our parents' houses. My father is, we always say that family and friends are like the worst clients ever because they just don't listen. And it is so damn true. Uh, My father thinks that food is love. So anytime, now again, Pudge is 10 pounds. My parents' dog Gatsby is 90 pounds. He is a American black lab. He's ginormous. And he eats a lot because he's very active and he can do that. Pudge is not very active. She does like maybe two, three spurts a day and that's about it. Yeah. So when we go there, he would give her 
he would give Gatsby a, a pizza crust and he would give Pudge the same amount. And that's like three meals in one. And he never understood that that was not okay. So he would feed her from the table. He would feed her from the couch. Anytime that he has food, she is looking at him and she is demand barking. And he thinks it's the cutest thing in the world. I will never understand it. And I yell at him every single time. Now he knows he does it in hiding. He'll go into the laundry room. He'll basically hide from us so uh, we don't yell at him. Um, this has created a problem. And it was really, really bad when we first moved here because we only had her at the time. So we didn't have Oakley or Opal. And so she was really bad when it was just me and John. So we really had to work very hard at ignoring her in terms of this because she was just ridiculous with it. Anytime we had food, she was at the table while we were at the island eating, if we were on the couch eating, anything that we had, she just thought it was also for her. So in terms of this, um, when it comes to food, I'm going to tell you to ignore, ignore, ignore that dog, and this is going to be very similar for the learned barking, which we're going to get to later, depending on what it is. So when we're talking about food, ignore that dog to the point where the dog literally needs to think to itself, can she hear me? Do not look at the dog. Do not flinch. Do not get annoyed. Do not change your facial expression. You need to stare at that TV or be on your phone or just look straight ahead and you need to just zone out. Mm -hmm. And even if you have to put your plugs in, put them in, <laughs> you know, it, they need to think, can they hear me? Did they go deaf? Right. And then they will give it up. Cause when you respond, you reinforce that behavior. Absolutely. They, they know. And this, this is exactly what I'm going to put into a situation here. Pudgeline, do you remember how she started her demand barking? Like other than my dad, when we used to, we used to say something specific to her. Yes. So it wasn't really barking. Yes. She would, anytime she would actually sneeze, like a yeah, genuine a real sneeze, sneeze. We're like, oh, bless you, Pudgelina. She has associated sneezing with attention yes. from us. So if she's not getting attention, if we're eating it and she wants off some as of a that, sneeze. It, she, she'll, 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 go, she'll just sneeze. Yeah. And then like, wait, like, you're not going to no, say and, bless you? And you'll look at her because you want to make sure she's okay. She's learned that if she sneezes, she fake sneezes, that we'll look at her. So she'll start off that way. She'll give us like two or three. And then if we ignore it, then she'll start barking. Yep. So it's gotten so much better since um, we moved in here and, and really like knocked it off. Like I, we, me and John like sat down, we we're like, listen, like this is not okay. So like we really need to ignore her. So she's definitely settled down. Um, but if it's something that she really likes, so like um, she knows when we're leaving and every single time we leave and she doesn't come with us, she gets a greenie. So she knows this. She sees us packing up. She's getting all excited and she'll stand by the pantry door and she's tapping her feet and she does the sneezing thing. And if, and if I go into the pantry and grab it, I don't immediately give it to her. She barks at me. So she knows like it's, it's like, come on, hurry up. So because she does that, I make her settle herself down. I never, ever, ever give her anything when she's acting like a brat. Now she's my own dog, so I can call her a brat, but we just want to make sure that we're not positively reinforcing, yes, act this way, you're going to get the food. So when she gets all nutty, when I'm giving her greenie and I'm not moving fast enough for her, I slow her down. I basically make her sit, and if she barks, she doesn't get it. I will literally stand back up straight, again, because she's the little one, so I have to like bend over to reach her. Um, I'll stand up straight, I'll cross my arms, I'll ignore her, and she usually does settle down. So um, with Pudge, it's different because she she definitely gets very excited about specific things. Otherwise, she's asleep on the couch, not a peep. Another type of demand barking that I just thought of uh, that a lot of my clients deal with on a daily basis is, I'll uh, let's say, this is the example. Um, 
the family sits down at six o'clock every night to watch a TV show and the dog realizes that this is when the attention goes away because everyone's staring at the same screen and he doesn't understand. So starts barking, barking, carrying on. This is where you use your mental stimulation. And if you don't want know what mental stimulation is, check out our previous episode. I believe it's season two, episode 18, mental stimulation, the spice of life. You need to learn about mental stimulation if you have a dog in general. It doesn't just apply to one type of dog. Every dog should be mental, mentally stimulated every single day. So you want to use your mental stimulation here, again, to change up what they do. Just like when I was talking about the fearful alert barking with Pudge, if she is eating, she is less likely to do the behavior. We are distracting. We're not just managing. We're distracting from the normal behavior. So over a period of time, the old undesirable behavior will fall away. So if that family sits down to watch the TV show and the dog does not have anything to do, the dog is going to bark. The barking is a symptom of an issue. Demand barking. Mm -hmm. I want attention and now this is what I do to get it. Now you're going to be sitting on the couch. You're going to get annoyed. Oh my God, stop barking. And the dog is getting positively reinforced even though it's negative attention. Just like children, any attention is good attention even if it's negative. So what do we do? I always tell my clients, do not wait for the barking to happen because it's going to happen anyway. Don't think they're going to wake up one day and say, oh, you know what? I'm going to let them watch their TV show in peace tonight. Let's see how that works out. That's not going to happen, so don't think it's going to happen. Have your mental stimulation ready. Have that frozen marrow bone, that frozen Kong, bento ball, bully stick, yak bone, whatever it is, lick pad, freeze everything. Have that ready. So if your TV show is at 6, you're giving that at 5.50 before your butt hits that couch. So your dog is distracted when you start watching that TV show. Breaking the cycle. Break the cycle mm-hmm. because they're not going to stop. And there's nothing you can say while you're watching that TV show, not giving that dog attention. It's going to fix the problem. Right. So next up is territorial barking. If we could just quickly go over territorial barking because it's not that complicated. No, it's very, very simple. Right. And it's exactly what you think it is. It but is- it's, it's always a combo. Like, I don't know a dog that's just territorial barking. Do you know what I mean? It's usually mm-hmm. a combo uh, territorial and demand barking or tutorial and fearful barking. Tutorial. What am I? <laughs> you said tutorial. Territorial. Territorial. Yeah. Ignore me. My brain's not working today. So it's usually a combo, but it's very, when it, when we're talking about territorial barking, it's very simple. They're basically saying, this is my area and you're too close to it. Mm-hmm. So back away. They have, and again, we, we're going to talk about learned barking later, but I do use this at the same time. They have learned over time that if they bark, they lunge, they growl, the thing that they're scared of or not wanting to come onto their right. lawn. Well, territorial is usually not going to be fear-based. It's, yes. It's going right. to be um, ter- territorial dominance. It's you don't belong here. This is my turf. Mm-hmm. Get away. Exactly. So they have learned that when they do that, people go away. Right. It's really a very confident thing. Yes. And- a lot of people encourage this. They like this. They mm-hmm. like when their dog does this because there's it's, always it's a, a happy yeah. medium, right? Because people want their dogs to be guard dogs or to notify now. them. Especially now with people being as crazy as they are coming on people's property, breaking in, you want to know that your dog is going to bark or do something of some sort. Right. Um, so you only want to train this out to, to a degree. Well, territorial barking can become a problem when it starts to extend past your actual home or where you mm-hmm. want them. So some dogs will claim the entire neighborhood mm-hmm. or an entire dog park. And that's when it becomes an issue that you need to start doing some remediation on. And Absolutely. typically that would be done by limiting marking so that they, they don't get to claim, I'm using air quotes, claim 
area while they're out on a walk. Mm-hmm. They don't get to mark everywhere. This isn't your area anymore. You yes. keep it moving. And then you can also change the route that you take them on walks. So it's always different. Mm-hmm. These are ways so that your dog isn't claiming the entire neighborhood and yes. is respecting a neutral place where other dogs are allowed to be. Yes. And this goes back to all of our episodes prior. And we have, I think, a few videos on YouTube where we discuss this uh, type of behavior, this reactivity while barking, um, this reactivity while walking. If like how John was saying, like dogs sometimes claim the whole neighborhood. So anytime they see another dog person, anything at all, even cars sometimes coming into their general area, they will bark and lunge and growl. And we need to basically counter condition this with treats and praise and love. So they need to understand that this is not, this is not a situation where you need to be you being extra. So, um, we need to, we need to really be there for them and let them know this is not a situation where you need to be protective or anything like that. This shouldn't be confused with reactivity. Yes. Agreed. When I say reactive, I mean just the way they're being vocal. Yeah. But don't, um, if you're not sure, you should probably call on a trainer who specializes in behavior to really observe your dog to make sure that you're not you're not treating it like a fear reactive dog with a treatment plan for territorial barking because mm-hmm. you're not going to see results and Absolutely. you're probably going to make it make matters worse if if your dog is fearful. Mm-hmm. So make sure you're treating the right thing because reactivity and fearful reactivity could really look like territorial barking. Yes, absolutely. Next up, boredom barking. Hmm. A weird one. It is. So um, this is the one I was talking about earlier that you may want to see the situation and what's going on. Some dogs do weird vocalization, not so much maybe barking, but like whining or growl, but not like a growl, like an aggressive growl or anything like that. They just may be vocal in certain situations where um, you're like, okay, well, nothing's really going on. They don't right. want anything. I feel like certain breeds do this more than others. Yes. Huskies. Um, Huskies are ext- like, I'm training Husky. He screams at me all the time. Yeah. For nothing. For no reason. He doesn't even want food. He's just yelling at me. Um, so that's like boredom barking. I, I, not all books say this, but this is like my own professional opinion in terms of like how I train and what I've, yeah. what I've and seen. Anecdotally, what you've seen. Yes. I find that boredom barking is directly correlated with with a a baseline level of anxiety where let's say nothing's really going on and they're not being stimulated there's nothing to do um they don't want anything right i know you're with them going with this yeah that they are just talking because they haven't they They have no idea what else to do they need to be doing something yes they need to be they don't know how to relax they have to be going 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 a low level of anxiety where they feel like they need to be doing something to fill their time yep so that's where I see that come up a lot. But what I want people to also realize that this could also be attributed to some sort of pain. Right. So um, I've seen dogs howl over and over again, like, mm-hmm. and it looks cute. And it's like, why, why is that dog doing that? And they're not, actually in pain. Or the UTI, um, gum disease. Cancer. Cancer. That's, that's um, in that example that it was, it was a dog that had cancer. Exactly. Didn't even know. Mm-hmm. And it was just a tumor that was putting pressure and causing pain. And they were just like howling in pain. They don't know what else to do. So um, if this is what your dog is doing and you can't, like you don't even know, like there's no common denominator when they're doing or acting like this, you need to take your dog to the vet because it could be something. I mean, if they're a puppy, it could be teething. Um, It could be anal glands, uncomfortable. It could be something so silly, but minor, or it could be something that's major. It could be something in their brain. 
Yes. Something, you know, some type of abnormality. Something's not firing properly. Exactly. It could be anything. So definitely rule out medical issues. And then if it and is then just... Anxiety. And then anxiety. And if it is just boredom, then it's time to put in a little more work with mental stimulation. If you can't get in there and actually give them more exercise and maybe consider getting a dog walker mm-hmm. to, to take them Absolutely. out. Lastly, we have learned barking. So learned barking, I find can can be an umbrella and it's usually used in a bunch of different types of barking. Um, but just like how we said before, when Pudge learned to sneeze and get attention, not only was that demand barking, but that's also learned barking. She learned that over time that when she does that, that she does that sneeze, she gets a reaction from us. So um, learn barking in general is just, um, well, if I do this, like how you were saying, um, Elvis's dogs, when they get into that piano room, they bark and they carry on because for some reason, it's almost like a transition room. Mm-hmm. Like it's the room you right. go from it's like a transitional the, space. Yeah. So they, they learn when they, the second we take that step into that room, they're barking at each other. They're carrying on. Um, they're being reactive. And, and I even said to John, we were just discussing it before the podcast. I go, you think that's learned behavior? And he said, yes, because they know when they bark and they carry on like that, you get through that room quicker. Right. And on the other and side of that room. I didn't even think room, about it like that. I, I wasn't even understanding that that's what was happening, that we were moving quicker. You, you, how John said before, sometimes learn behavior. They, they're basically training you. They're manipulating yeah. you to do things that they want. If you want to try and track down the root of it, you need to think, okay, in this situation, what is the dog? Like, what's the benefit to the dog? So in that situation, it's a little fuzzy. I'd have to see it a couple more times mm-hmm. to really grasp it. But I think that the the uh, the reward for barking as we transition through that room is we get through the room faster and we get to the next room, which is where all the fun happens. That's where we train. Exactly. That's, that's where we that's where they play with toys. Mm-hmm. So the reward there is getting to where they want to be faster, getting everybody. Come on, everybody. Let's go. Yeah. So you got to think whatever's going on, whatever your dog is doing, what's the reward? And then you'll realize, okay, this is this is how they're playing me. This is how I'm being manipulated. This is what they want. Mm-hmm. And you got to make sure that if this is something you want to get rid of, like Elvis said, it's kind of cute. We don't really mind it. Yeah, they don't mind it. If it's and it's not that bad. It's, it's no. quick and it's, it's, it's cute. They're, they're adorable. They're excited. They're happy. But if it's something annoying, like your dog is just just barking to get something from you, and they know that it works every single time, then you need to stop giving them that reward. Stop it much like the man barking, stop entertaining the bark, mm-hmm. and this way you take the value away from the barking. Absolutely. Anything else on that? No, it's very vague. Every situation is going to be different. You got to, you got to pick it apart yourself and uh, try and observe as like a third party, and you've got a pretty good chance of solving it yourself. Absolutely. That wraps up the primary types of, of excessive barking. Mm-hmm. And that again was excited alert barking, fearful alert barking, demand barking, territorial barking boredom barking, and learned barking. So hopefully that helps you guys. And yes. maybe you can identify one of these in your dogs. And then it starts with deciding if you even want to correct the behavior. For a lot of people, like it's not a big deal. And if that's the case, then you're lucky because excessive barking is not the easiest thing. No, to it's it really takes a lot out of you as an owner. It takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of... God, I don't just being consistent, not breaking. I mean, there was right after we moved into this house, I think John was at work. She barks at me a lot more than she barks at him for some reason. 
Um, I think he was definitely more stern with her when she was younger. Yeah, I didn't really entertain it as much as you no, did. No, you did. But she, I felt so bad for her because she was a hoarding dog. She had no mom, you know, and my mom instincts came in. So I, you know, I enabled her a tiny bit in the beginning. Um, but I quickly realized that what was happening. So when we moved in this house, I think there was one point, and we always say um, Pudge likes to lay on the tops of the backs of the cushions. Her little. It's her perch. Her little perch. She, I was watching TV once. And, I, and she wanted attention. She just wanted me to pet her and look at her and not the TV. She didn't really want anything specific. And uh, she sat on the perch, I would say maybe a foot away from my face, and barked at me for 45 minutes while I watched TV. And I didn't look at her once. Do you know how hard that was? Yeah. Oh, God. I was minutes. exhausted. But that's, like, we slept on that. The shoemaker has crappy shoes. and yes. So the dog trainer has foul dogs yeah <laughs> so we slept on it and the longer you wait to remediate these issues the the longer you're gonna have to sit there and get barked at 100 percent. so if it's something new they might only carry on for two or three minutes but she knows she's like damn it i know this works yeah why won't you look at me exactly and 45 minutes passes. and there's um something what do they call it they call it um it's in my book it's in my training book and i forget the phrase but they like at the end of that 45 minutes, like she was getting real pissed. Yeah. And there's a phrase they call it. It's almost like, um, like, oh, I think it's called surge barking where they bark louder and quicker because they're, they're getting pissed off. Like they're yeah. like, I, like you just said, I know this works. And I, and that's when they say, don't give up that's, because that's yeah. when you're at your breaking. That's where they're that's at their breaking point. That's when you're about to make it to the Yes, you're the, about the to get through the broken glass. Like you're about to push through the top. And do not give up when you get to that point. You just need to keep going. Have a smile on that your face. That is so funny. It really, no. And, and when I was doing it, I was like, yes, I'm getting so close. She's going to give it up soon. She's surging. And she did. And she, but she was so pissed. She goes, ooh, like she's angry. Yeah. Like, she's got different types of, like, bark. She's got, like, the bay, and then she's got, like, the woof. But then, like, she was getting, like, woo. Like, she was getting deep with her voice, and she was, like, getting, like, she was, like, pointing at me with her face. Like, she was just getting so mad, and I was like, all right, I'm getting close. And then she just gave it up and fell asleep. That's She's something else. She is. I love her to death, but she's a brat. So that's all we have to cover barking. Yes. Um. Hopefully, you guys learned something, and you can apply it to your dog. Now, if you guys, if we didn't cover, like, an example of a situation because i'm sure there's tons of other situations that you guys are experiencing with barking let us know exactly what's going on and we can try and help you pinpoint what you should be doing i'm hoping that how we get, went over it today that you can kind of piece and pull different types of ideas to put together but if there's something very specific that's going on that we didn't really cover or touch on let us know and we will i will come up with a plan for you and i'd really like to have to, to start making like a little segment on the podcast where we actually have you call in I would love that. And we answer your question, quote unquote, live. Obviously, it wouldn't be live. It'd be <laughs> uploaded later, but we would It'd actually- be live for us. We would talk to you and record the whole conversation and answer your question, which is much better than us having to type something out. It's so yes, much easier. Absolutely. So if that's something that interests you, send us an email, university at gmail.com or go to com and contact us from there. I feel like that would be, that'd be fun. I think it would be And too. now that we finally have the equipment to actually bring in a phone call into the recording, you know? Oh, yeah. It add a little variety. Variety is the spice of life. Variety is the spice As of life. As is mental stimulation. It is. All right. So that's all that we have for this episode. Don't forget, this is going to be aired on Wednesday. So technically, tomorrow, mm -hmm. 8 a.m., we're going to be on the Elvis Duran Morning Show, and we will be talking about dogs. 
and make sure you listen. And if you're enjoying it, make sure you text 55100 and say, this is amazing. You should have them on all the time. Yes. Make <laughs> Tell them segment. how great we are and how much you love hearing us talk about dogs. Um, that would be awesome. Yeah. But we would love to have a dog segment where we can get all of this positive reinforcement training out to the masses. Yeah, that'd be crazy. It would be. That'd be really, really cool. That would cool. be the coolest thing that has ever happened to us. We're, we're getting there with this. Just getting on once is amazing. Yeah. So if you want to listen to that, if if you're past Thursday now, you can go to wherever you listen to your podcast. We'd like to say go to iHeartRadio and look for the Elvis Duran On Demand channel. Look for November 1st episode. I have no idea what they're going to title it, but it's going to be like the day you mean, something. You mean October 1st. What did I say? November? November. Jeez. Yes, October 1st. <laughs> Look for October 1st episode. And they're usually about two hours and 15 minutes because they cut out all the commercials. So you can just listen right through the morning show and get to our segment and you'll hear some familiar voices. Even if you listen to it later in the day, you can still text to that number and say, hey, where those dog trainers go? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, nervous about it, but we really hope that you guys enjoy that segment and we're really looking forward to it. Yes, we're very excited. Very excited. So that's all we have for this episode. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Paulson University. We're still posting those dog facts and um, really starting to run out of ideas. So <laughs> I hope you enjoy them while they last. Yes. And email us your questions about barking or what, what, any of your questions. Just email us. And if you want to be on the podcast, hey. We'll put you on the podcast. We'll put you on the podcast. Let's do this. Let's answer this Ask question. and you shall receive. Shall receive. That's all we have for this episode. I'll talk to you Friday. Jay, I'll talk to you next week. And if you're listening to us on Z100 or Elvis Duran in the Morning Show, wherever you are in the United States, we'll talk to you then, Thursday, <laughs> 8 a.m. Yep. Until next week. Class dismissed. Class dismissed.